Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Troy Hunter Jr. You're listening to the Old Angels Podcast. What is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags. Back at you once again. Joined as always with... Dan Garcia. Also joined by... Chris, the curator Johnson. There it is. <laughs> and another edition of the All Angels podcast. A um, uh, couple of days later, I had a situation happen in my family, so we had to postpone until today. So today we have a full-blown uh, podcast with a lot of games to go over. A for lot sure. and a lot to talk about with the trade deadline. Um, as we record this, what like twenty-four hours, maybe you know twenty-seven mm-hmm. hours yeah. away. Yeah, and then a game happening as we we're recording right now, Sunday. Uh, the Angels are playing the Mariners in Anaheim, uh, bottom of the third inning as we're recording right now. When we recorded last uh, Sunday, they were they were in the middle of a game against the A's. So we'll review from Sunday all the way up until right now. I guess it kind of helped out that there was two games or two days with no games on. So right. add on to the add on to the uh, pile. Yeah, and then uh, the Angels actually, man, if if it wasn't for those two games. They'd have played something like what eighteen games in a row or something like that. So yeah, it's, I mean their last off day um, was the thirteenth, but yeah, I don't know when their next one. Our next one is Monday actually, so, right? Or Tuesday, sorry. These, Tuesday. these two games really kind of helped the Angels out a little bit, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. As far as the rest is concerned, so we'll get into obviously the trade and the trade rumors and everything that's going on later. But we'll start. We'll start the review here on Sunday, which was the twenty third of August. So we're playing the A's. Uh, Dylan Bundy Day, not a terrible start, but like we had mentioned before off the off the show here that the last what two three starts maybe for Bundy, lack of velocity, a little more, little, little more, more wildness, a little more walks, yeah. little, little less strikeouts. Yeah, so you you know you kind of have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, Bundy went five and two thirds, gave up seven hits, two earned runs, one walk. He did strike out six. Oakland jumped ahead early in the first with two runs. The Angels would. <clears throat> take a lead actually on a home run by Shohei Otani. They would take a three to two lead, um, and then they would eventually take a four two lead. But just could not hold the lead on this one as the A's ended up winning this game five to four. Kind of like a heartbreaker. I think every game that they play Oakland for the most part, they're really competitive. Okay. Well, this one even more so. But it's in the extras. It went to the ten in, tenth inning. So yeah. again, they had the whole um, second base or second, yeah. Uh, I don't know what you want to call the ghost runner on second the, to start the inning. Yeah, the new rolling yeah, second so base thing. They started that. Um, Joe Madden got tossed in the sixth, I believe, or somewhere around there. So um, some of the pitching decisions down in the game were kind of suspect. I don't know how I feel about um, in the 10th, bringing in Ty Buttry after having a, having him pitch the, the night before or the day before. And having a two-inning save for that day, and also to bring him out for the, for the next day, I think there was probably better options. But yeah, uh, yeah, ten innings again always seem to play Oakland really hard and really tough every time they uh, they get together. And it seems like they're going with that Bundy two-inning or or more than three out save uh, situation. Buttry, Buttry I'm sorry, yeah. Buttry, where you know they bring him in in the eighth to get the final out, and then he'll come in and pitch the ninth or well yeah the Saturday you know. before this game it was a full six out yeah it was it was two inning saves so um I think it happened a couple more times after this but anyway they lost this one they lost the series I think they get they got swept right and don't I don't I remember going so. that far back in my notes but I don't think they beat Oakland in that three game set but uh they lost the series regardless uh no they won they won they, on they the won? Saturday okay they won that Saturday so um 
They lost here, and then it wasn't going to get any easier because Houston, coming into this series against Houston, they uh, Houston had won a couple games. They, you know, got gained some Felt momentum. Like they're gaining them, yeah, gaining the momentum back, getting back to like the Astros. A lot of people thought they were going to be mm-hmm. when the season started. And then uh, even heading into Monday's game, they were talking already about how they were going to have to postpone one game, play a doubleheader. Yeah, things was, got moved around because of the hurricane that was right. coming up through the Gulf. Yeah, yeah, and so they did play Monday's game. It was a Patrick Sandoval start, not the greatest outing no. ever. He went two and two thirds, gave up seven hits, five earned runs, two walks, one K. The Angels fell behind early. It was like four nothing right away, and then eventually it was like five to one, and then like the Angels would cut the lead down, and then in the, I think. The, well, I have it here. I think it was a sixth inning. Astros went ahead and scored four more runs, and then Skyler yeah. pi- piled up on from yeah. there. Four in the sixth, two in the seventh. Yep. Eleven to four was a final. Um, not not what you wanted to see from Patrick Sandoval. Right? I like, think that's the biggest thing is that you're, you're you're hoping so much from this kid that at times has shown that he he can really get on top of the mound and and perform really well. And and then there's times where I don't know if he's like I don't know. You you see him on the mound. Passionate, you see him on the mound, like getting frustrated hourly more so than I think a lot of the other Angel players. And uh, I don't know if that necessarily, like, I know fans are like, oh, well, they just look like they don't care. Like, he shows he cares, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing right now because it seems like he has a hard time once he kind of gets worked up because of a missed call, a hit, or whatever. That doesn't seem like he's really able to calm himself down and rebound. It looks like he comes out there trying to throw even harder, in which in his case, leads to a lot of walks. Yeah, so uh, one thing we've always talked about in this podcast, especially with Sandoval, is continued progression. And um, this one was a couple steps back. So right. it just, he's young, he's learning on the job, just cannot. I think it was Chris in our group chat. Sandoval could just cannot get that first major league win. He just. Right, and you kind of think at, at, at a certain point, is that what's why, too, part of it? He's really trying hard he's to. Pressing. Yeah, to, to throw hard and throw. Strikes, you know, maybe instead of just going out there and just letting each game be its own game, he's kind of like, I got to get this one, I got to get this one, I got to get five innings, I got to do this. It's, yeah, you just hope it doesn't beat him down mentally too much with uh, that on his head. Well, they lose this one 11 to 4 to open up the series. So Tuesday was going to be a double header. Uh, they played an early game, and if you thought Sandoval's start was bad, uh, <laughs> Suarez continues to really struggle. He only pitched one inning, gave up five hits, five earned, five earned runs, four walks in one inning. This was kind of a Man. weird. This was kind of a weird game too, because in the first inning, if I remember correctly, there was a play made by Fletcher at shortstop, tosses it to Lestella for should have got an out, but Lestella wasn't able to pick it. Right, it was a tough play, a tough but should have been but able it to pick been, it. Could have been like an yes. out. Then later on in that inning, um, uh, Suarez, you know, hurting himself trying to make a throw to first when there was no way of making an out and ends up throwing it away and then now people. So, you know, it's one of those games where you I kind of tell myself, like, you know what, Angels need a lot of stuff to go right with their pitching for them to be competitive, especially when some of these young guys are on the right. mound. It seems like these young guys are trying too hard, which, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's something you want to see. But, yeah, one inning, five hits, five runs, four, four walks. walks. That that's a killer, uh, but the bright spot was it. It was a seven inning game, and Berea came in and pitched five innings, only gave up one earned run, one hit, two walks, four Ks. Which means, you know, other than that first inning from Suarez, Angels probably should have maybe won right. this game. Yeah, you I know? mean, even and again too, we've talked about it before. A lot of the pitchers it comes down to limiting the big inning. If they limit that inning to whatever two runs, three runs, mm-hmm. Angels, I mean, technically that's going to be like a four to three game. Maybe Angels are able to squeak another one out at some point, right. but it makes it a lot closer. It makes a lot more pressure where, um, you know, when you're, when you have a five Oh lead in the yeah. first inning, you're, right. you know, as a pitcher, you can probably just go free and easy. You don't have to really worry about right. too much, but yeah, it's just limiting that big inning and they weren't able to do that uh, in this game. And I think it cost them. Yeah. Five, nothing after the first inning, Houston would only score one more run, and the final was six to three in this one. So they dropped the first two to Houston, and then this was game one. So game two of again another seven inning game, just so they can get the games in, shorten up that doubleheader. Uh, Julio Teron pitched this one. He pitched four and two thirds, four hits, three and runs, no walks, three Ks. I like the fact that he didn't walk anybody. Right. Um, good start from Teron. I would have liked to have seen him get past that into that yeah, I was, fifth inning. And you but. saw it, too. He was kind of upset about getting yeah. out early, which, again, people like to say these guys don't care. And I think at times they really show they do. It's just, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know why they didn't let him try to finish that inning or, or what, but, yeah, it would have been really nice to see that. Yeah, so uh, Angels jumped ahead early. 
with uh, bases loaded. Uh, I guess you would call it a single with two base error by uh, Goody. It's needed a hit now from Brian Goodwin. Rounds that one through on the right side, and that's going to be an RBI hit. The Angels will get one on it, and the ball gets away from Reddick and rolls all the way out to the wall out there. And the Angels are going to get three on it, as ending up at third base is Goodwin. Yeah, just got past Reddick. Try to try to come up with the ball firing. Take, firing. Any, take anything at this point. We're right, right, yeah, we'll take it. So the bases were cleared on that one. That was quickly followed by this Joe Adele double that drove in Goodwin. Slice down the right field line, a fair ball. That'll bring home Goodwin. Joe's going to head to second base. RBI double makes it 4 nothing. That would be Joe Adele's first, first Major League RBI. Um, keep that with you because his first, you know. He had a game. Yeah, he had, he had a, a game, game coming up. Uh, so the Angels uh, took the lead there, and then in the fourth round, Hifo would uh, hit this blast for his first home run of 2020, adding to the lead. Swings at the first pitch and drives this ball deep down the left side, and that ball is out of here. Ren Hifo connects right there. That is his first home run of the season, his first RBI of the season, and that was a no-doubter. A home run and definitely a shot by Renhifo. I don't know if you can hear it on the clip, but, you can, but when you watch the game, you can hear the ball hit because it had a close-up to where the uh, above the Crawford boxes where the signs are and where the ball hits the middle. It, it's a nice sound when it's your team that, yeah. <laughs> that hits it. Yeah, the Angels need some of the good stuff to happen to them. Um, Houston would eventually cut the lead to two in the top of the sixth inning, though. Lestella and Fletcher would drive in uh, runs on back-to-back singles, and in the top of the seventh, the Angels would would tack on. This one ended up being a 12-5 win for the Angels. Good offensive game for the Angels kind needed of tacking that. on those runs. They needed it. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at the lineup and you see pretty much every, everyone in that starting lineup uh, with a hit, whether it was, you know, Trout, who was kind of, you know, they moved into the first spot this game because mm-hmm. he was struggling. Yeah. It was a weird lineup. It was a weird lineup. And then obviously... The, Fletcher uh, at the three-hole. Fletcher at the three-hole. Otani at the four. Otani mm-hmm. also struggling. Got... Uh, um, Multiple hits this game. Rendon not playing, so you know you're always kind of worried when he's not in the lineup for as good as he's been playing. The the offense struggling, but they were able to you know get runs on the board, get consistent hits, and obviously um, kind of like what you mentioned with Julio Tehran, him able to go um, into the fifth inning. I mean, I don't think he got the official win. He didn't. Pena did, but. With a seven inning game, I think you can kind of. They should have gave him the win. Right. <laughs> it's like you should have cut it to like if you go three innings, you three, get the win. Three yeah. and two thirds, or whatever. Yeah. That's a that's a qualifying for a win kind of deal. So no, but you know, Hulo gave up the three runs, and then Pena gave up one. Bundy or Butry gave up one. So you know, again, limiting damage um, uh, from our pitching staff, and obviously. A great win by the Angels, uh, twelve to five, like you said. Yeah, so they lose the series, but at least they pick up. They salvage that second game in the doubleheader. Um, the game, uh, the doubleheader. There's going to be a doubleheader uh, next week to make up for Sunday. Yeah, the so, game that was postponed. Yeah, so this time Sunday we probably will already have a game <coughs> close to being done. Yeah, and then obviously a game that night. So no games Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. They return Friday, Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, this was against the Mariners here at home. Andrew Heaney took the hill. He went seven and two-thirds, four hits, one and run. No uh, Two walks and ten strikeouts. Right. So great outing by Heaney. That's what I like to see. I like to see on the box score that he went seven and two-thirds of an inning. No, and he had a really good outing. He had a really good um, presence. He, he got in some trouble, but like like we said before, he got he got off a leadoff double, I think, in that first inning. Mm-hmm. But he was able to work out of it, or that was, maybe that was Bunny Lexi. But he had trouble at one point. He was like second and third, or second and first, with like one or two outs, and he was, didn't let it get too much for him, like you see in the past. Where now, okay, now all these runs get scored with two outs. Uh, but yeah, he had a really good game, and, and obviously um, something that we'll talk about later. Uh, Fox Sports West caught it. Uh, I think in the first inning, you see uh, Tommy Lastella giving hugs to uh, mm-hmm. players, and everyone mm-hmm. kind of knew at that point something was up. Right. I don't understand why they didn't get pitching. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We'll get into that. Uh, close game on this one. Uh, the first run of the game came in the sixth inning as the Mariners took a one nothing lead. But in the bottom of the sixth, the Angels answered by uh, scoring a run off, off a double by Albert Pujols. Pujols. That's pulled toward the left field corner, and that is a fair ball. Extra base hit for Albert. It's a double and an RBI. And we're tied up at one. So the Angels tied at one, but quickly that would be followed up by this go-ahead RBI single by Justin Upton. 
Knight and pulls this one through the hole, a three-hit game. That was going to be waved around. Here comes a throw from Lopes to the plate. It's way offline. So as you hear there, they uh, Justin Upton's third hit of the game, as Victor right. said, uh, ended up having a really good game. Uh, look good to see Justin Upton kind of start to hit the ball. Do you know what doesn't look good? It's Albert rounding third going home. That dude, every time I'm like, ah. He's got ah, that piano back ah. there. It hurts me when he runs. Yeah, but um, like you mentioned, it was great to see Upton kind of get out of a funk a little bit, get out of uh, this a really hard time. But like we kind of, when we talked to Red about a couple weeks ago, you know, the Angels are probably going to hold on to him for at least next year and see if, you know, maybe he can move this momentum he's kind of picking up now and bring it into the next spring training or bring it into next season and, and kind of show that he should be at some point in, in the lineup before they kind of completely cut ties with him. But yeah. it's good to see him kind of start now, finally come around, go opposite field, um, hit a home run, again, have like a multi-hit game. It was it was good to see Upton kind of shake the cobwebs loose. Yeah, at least having him make contact, man. Oh, that's good to see. Uh, that gave the Angels a 2-1 to lead. And in the bottom of the eighth, Trot would extend the Angels' lead with this solo shot. Out skies went out toward left center field, towering shot. Kyle Lewis near the wall. That is gone. Big fly for Mike Trout. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're that would eventually be the winning run because uh, the Mariners would score run one run in the bottom of the ninth. They kind of bailed the Angels out there with the. Base running. Base running blunder yeah. by Marmalejos. A great throw to the cutoff man by um, Joe. Joe Adele to and Simba. An absolute rocket by Simba. On the money. Great pick. What they didn't mention was a great pick at third base by Rendon. I think they don't mention it because it's so common for Rendon to make these plays. I mean, right. he picked mm-hmm. it right up off the ground. And, 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 and you mentioned, it too, it's a great opportunity because now um, instead of having, what was it, wouldn't it be first? It would have been first, first and, and second. Third, first and, and third. If he was safe. Well, if he was safe. but I mean, first and third yeah. with, with one out. Right. Now you're looking at first with two outs. Right completely changes oh, the aspect of the game. Completely so different, yeah. um base running blunder, yeah, but you know, you still have to you still have to make those throws. If right. one of those throws is off or like you mentioned, maybe he doesn't pick that ball, right. you know, the blunder doesn't really matter. They're like, right. oh well he's safe. So um yeah, it might have been a blunder, but they still had to make the plays, the throws, yeah. the, the the catches to make it work. And so right. yeah, it, it totally changed that whole inning. Absolutely. So uh Angels would win this one three to two as Buttry got the save. They hung on so they take the first two against the Mariners. Um, no, wait. Was that the first game? That was, that was the first, first game against yeah. the Mariners. Uh, heading into the second game, this was last night, so we're recording Sunday. This was Saturday. Another Dylan Bundy start. We kind of like it because we're used to Bundy kind of giving us quality starts. Yeah, I mean. Um, kind of weird to say that, you know, when. Coming into the season. Yeah, we're expecting it to be like a Heaney or Otani. Uh, but Bundy, Bundy, this one, again, didn't pitch terribly Great, but didn't pitch terrible. I mean, it was a five and a thirds, four hits, one and run, three walks, three Ks. Um, not the most solid of start from Bundy. I, we've seen him go deeper. Um, I think he just had a lot, a couple of innings there where he, I think after the second, he had 40 pitches thrown. Yeah, you could tell his slider wasn't working nearly as well as it had been in um, other outings. And he kind of got away from it then, obviously, uh, later in the game. But, you know, I, I just think. It, kind of like we mentioned with, with Heaney had one of these starts a little while ago, I think last month, where it's good to see when guys don't have their stuff, still able to, you know, work through games and get, you know, to the fifth inning or the sixth inning. And, and even though they're not who they normally are, it was still kind of refreshing to be like, oh, dude, he's working. You could tell he's he's earning every single out in this one. So, um, you know, he had good good outing. Again, anytime I guess an Angels starting pitcher gets into the sixth inning, you'll take it every time. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll take six innings. I'll take five and two-thirds, man, yeah. at this point. A lot of offense on this one on the Angels' uh, side. Angels jumped ahead early on a two-out RBI double by Rendon in the first. And in the bottom of the second, Joe Adele steps up to the plate on a in a 1-1 game and does this run this year. That ball's lifted high, and it's hit deep down the left field side. It is way out of here. Joe Adele. He absolutely blasted that ball for his first major league home run. We mentioned it earlier. It's going to be a series of firsts for him. Just crushed he it. He got the ball. I mean, and that's the one thing people were kind of talking about Joe was his power, his power. And it got uh, fans frustrated that you weren't seeing a whole lot of it at the beginning. And, and, you know, I've mentioned it, and I think Johnny's mentioned it too. Every time he kind of makes a 
transition into a new level, whether it be like, you know, single A, double A, or double A to triple A. He always kind of struggles at the beginning. And that's why with the Angels, the struggles he had at the beginning weren't necessarily a shock to myself. Right. You're just hoping that it would he would get out of them eventually. And it kind of looks like right now he's working his way out of it. But, yeah, it was definitely great to kind of see him finally kind of get that monkey off his back. And the way he did, he absolutely crushed it. Yeah, and, and, and remember uh... – the struggles are going to be magnified because at the level that he's doing it at right, right now, and the all eyes on it. him. Yeah, if all he was all eyes on me. If the if he was the Angels, you know, thirtieth best prospect, right. no one would really care. No one would be like, right. oh, whatever. So we expect because he was the first prospect because of the hype, you know, first round draft pick and all that stuff. You know, obviously people expect stuff right away, and not every not every player coming up is going to be like a, a Soto or or uh, Acuna or those guys where they're twenty twenty one and they're killing it right away. It's like the the way Joe's doing it's you know. Pretty typical for every guy coming up uh, to the majors. Absolutely. So uh, uh, that gave the Angels a three-one, three-one lead on that mammoth blast. Um, in the bottom of the fifth, the Angels would add on on a RBI single by Albert. And in the bottom of the sixth, Adele steps up to the plate once again, and this time to the opposite field and blasts his second home run of the game. Joe Adele, and this ball here is hit well in the right center field. That one is out by the wall in right center field, and that ball is out of here. Joe Adele, second home run of the night. The first angel to hit his first two home runs as an angel in the same game since Tom Brunanski in, I think, 1978. Um, so Joe Adele uh, loved the fact that he went oppo. This was a straight well, laser. Well, yeah, that, that was, a, I mean, granted, if it was three years ago, it would yeah, have been a double. double. But, again, continuously, even when he was struggling, he was still making hard contact. It mm-hmm. was just into the or uh, at, at fielders, at mm-hmm. third baseman, at you know people at shortstop. It just hit two guys. So now he's kind of getting the, the other side of the luck where he is being, he's able to get it elevated and you're able to see with the exit velocity off his bat, these balls can go a long way and they, and they get out there in a hurry. Second home run of the game. Angels were up big. They would add on later on this three run home run by who else? Breaking ball. And that is driven out toward left field, headed to the bullpen. Gone. Big fly for Mike Trout, a three hit game. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not Angels just tacking on. It looks good to see Albert, uh, Mike kind of, he was kind of struggling a bit there. was right. just a little late on, on his swings, but just lately in these last, I would say, three games kind of picked it up. It does help that it's the Mariners. He absolutely kills the Mariners. Um, but, yeah, Angels just added on. They ended up winning this one 16-3. Good. It's the first three-game winning streak for the Angels all year. The most, right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's, it's, it's against – Seattle, but I mean, you saw like earlier in the year they're struggling against Seattle. Yeah. So obviously, um, it wasn't going to be as easy as people no. originally and, thought. And, like and maybe they back have in... a same record or better record than we do. So I think coming into this game again, we're recording <laughs> as the game on Sunday is going on. I think the uh, Seattle's a half game up on the so, Angels. So I mean, it's, it, they're kind of breaking even, right? Uh, but yeah, it was great to see. Obviously, Bundy go out there and, and give him five and a third with his less than stellar stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got guys going out there and just kind of having to pitch just to get out, get innings out, which was cool. And, and, and it all worked out, but yeah, you definitely need uh series and, and little streaks like the three game streak that can turn into, you know, we'll see what happens today, but if they win today, you know, and they get on a little other just streak, keep going, keep they, going, you know, you win seven out of 10 in this season, that can make a big difference. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see, um, going forward, what's going to happen. Yep. So they win this one. Uh, already got a series split at the worst. Uh, they got a yeah, game. Weird, like, weird, weird series. They play today and tomorrow. Right. The wraparound. Right. Uh-huh. So uh, M's today and tomorrow. And then they have the Padres. Uh, I think they have three, in San, or three at Angel Stadium against San Diego. If it's I uh, the ninth. I think it's just two. Is it two? Yeah. It's uh, September 2nd and 3rd. And then they have the Astros September 4th through the 6th. But then they have that double header on the oh, fifth. Fifth, yeah, it's a Saturday. So they have um, what is it? Four games in three days against the Astros. Yeah, yeah. So. At home, that's gonna be funny though too because you're gonna watch that Saturday game and the morning game's gonna be oh Angels, you're the home team, and then you're gonna right. watch the the Saturday night game and it's gonna be okay Astros, now you're the, the home real, team. Yeah, and just switch to me. It's gonna be. They're gonna, gonna be, switch any. Uh, yeah, dugouts? exactly. Yeah. Switch dugouts? No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's what's coming up ahead. 
for the Angels. So great review. I mean, obviously, we'd have liked to have won a couple of those at the beginning of our review. Right, but yeah. hey, three in a row, we'll take it. We'll take anything that we can right now. So as you had mentioned before Friday's game. Yeah, like during um, Friday's game, actually. During Friday's game, it broke. Actually, before the game, like you mentioned, the, you see La Stella hugging everybody. We're like, oh, man, where's he going? So we find out that the Angels traded Tommy La Stella to Oakland, a, a division rival. How dare they uh, for Franklin Barreto? Um this is a deal again. One year, uh, last year of the contract for La Stella. Um, it makes sense that you would trade a guy who's on the final year of his contract. It's better to get something than nothing because otherwise he's just he's just going to walk away. But Dan had the um, uh, had uh, an interview with a, who who you want to uh, lead Mar- him in? Uh, yeah, Martin. Uh, Gallegos, the A's beat writer for MLB.com. Uh, if you guys listen to this podcast at the beginning of the year, before the whole world went to crap, um, we had him on the preview of the A's uh, before we made our trip out to spring training. And so uh, luckily for me, I was able to reach out to him Friday night when I realized it was the A's who they were trading with. And I was able to sit down and uh, call him up, and we were able to talk for about five, five, uh, five six minutes about what the Angels are going to be getting with Franklin and also a little bit about where Listella will fit in with the A's. So uh, we're going to play that right now. And I want to welcome back uh, past guest Martin Gallegos from MLB.com. He is a beat writer that follows the Oakland A's. And obviously with all the news happening Friday night, uh, Martin, I'd like to thank you for joining me. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me again. So I guess uh, I'll get right into it. I kind of mentioned it a little bit. There was a, there was a trade that came down. Uh, Friday night between the A's, the A's and the Angels, and um, you know, the, you guys got obviously Tommy Lestella, the second baseman slash first baseman for the Angels, and the Angels got back Franklin Barreto, um, a minor leaguer that had had a cup of coffee with the A's. But what do you know about Franklin that some of the Angel fans might want to know and and don't know yet? Yeah, I mean Franklin's uh, he was uh, once regarded as the top prospect in, in the A's organization. I mean, he came over in the Josh Donaldson trade a few years back. Um, as the key piece in that deal as, as the top prospect and uh, came into the organization as a 17 year old. And um, he was dominant uh, throughout the minor leagues. Um, he was a five tool player, five, five tool player. Um, you know, he can hit for power, hit for average. He, he was able to steal bases. He played pretty good defense um, at second base, um, but he was just always blocked in Oakland. Um, whether it was Jed Lowry a few years back or Jerks and Profar last year, there was never really a spot for him to play uh, on an everyday basis in Oakland. And because of that, I think um, that affected him mentally a little bit. He was kind of frustrated um, with the lack of at-bats. And um, it just got to a point where he was out of minor league options and the A's really saw no opportunity for him to, to get every everyday, an everyday role on a, on a club that's, uh, trying to win the World Series this year. Um, maybe maybe if the A's were in a situation where they're rebuilding, um, obviously you'd get more of a shot here, but um, they're they're looking to win now, and, and they think Barreto has a chance to be really good, but um, he's got to go through those struggles at the major league level, and right now they just can't afford to do that. And you mentioned Franklin and his uh, great minor league time and, and minor league numbers. In the minor leagues, what did he do well um, for Las Vegas? Uh, I mean, he, the, everyone that I've talked to, um, you know, for, for years past, not even just last year, um, before, before last season, um, they thought this guy's ceiling could be like a, like a Jose Altuve type of spark plug type guy. The, the builds are similar. They're kind of small. You don't expect them to hit for power, but he's got some pop in his bat. I think that was the most exciting thing. Every spring training with the A's, he'd simply just go off. If you look at his spring training numbers every year, I mean, he's, he's, probably been the top hitter uh, on the A's and that's including all the other regular major leaguers. Um, it's just that he hasn't had a chance to even, you know, try to translate it to the major leagues because his stints in Oakland have been so short. He's never gotten regular playing time at, at one point at all. He's only gotten, you know, he'll, he'll get one star and then sit for about a week or two and then come in as a pinch hitter. And uh, just never see, he just never seemed comfortable at the major league level, but at his best, he seems to be able to drive the ball to, to every part of the field um, line drives all over the place. And he's got good speed as well. The A's were using him um, as a pinch runner a lot this year, especially in that uh, extra inning rule with the second, second base runner automatically starting. 
Um, he was he was pretty much their guy for that situation as well. So um, I I personally I like Franklin Brett a lot. Um, I, I had a chance to cover him for a few years, and he's a good good dude. And um, I still think he has the tools to be a very good major league player. It's just the opportunity wasn't there in Oakland for him, and I hope he could get that chance over there with the Angels because I think um, sometimes you see situations where a, a guy just needs a, a change of scenery, and I think that that's no more true. Um, with Franklin Bredo, I think it was just time for him to kind of move on and, and get a new shot somewhere else. And I think the Angels are a good spot. Obviously, Tommy Lestella was a fan favorite here in Anaheim. Um, how do you see him fitting in with the with the A's now that they're making a run through the playoffs and like kind of like you said, make, being a major contender for a World Series this year? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it always helps to add another uh, solid bat to a lineup. And the A's obviously have a, a very good lineup um, as, as currently constructed before. Lestella came over. Um, but if there was one issue the A's do have, it's that they do strike out a lot. I mean, you know, this day and age in baseball, strikeouts, you know, are kind of overlooked these days. But the A's do lead the league in strikeouts. And Tommy Lestella, I believe, has the lowest strikeout rate in baseball. So um, they're obviously they're adding a guy who can make contact more times than not. And uh, he's going to fit in right there somewhere in the middle of the order, I would expect. He plays second base most days. And, um, you know, I think – um, if there was one position that the A's could have addressed, it was second base because they were going with a platoon spot right now. And, and it was, it's been working out okay with Tony Kemp and Chad Pinder there, but um, the, the consistency just hasn't been there on offense. And Tom Lestella, I mean, as, as you've seen last year, he was an all-star and um, this year he's been putting up a pretty good season, especially against the A's. I mean, it seems like he's always getting two or two hits and a walk against the A's every time. So um, they mentioned that as, as part of the factor for bringing him over is, you know, this guy was killing us, so we might as well try to get him on our team. And, you know, he's a, he's a free agent after this year, so I don't know. It could just be a, a short rental, but, I mean, if he can help the A's contribute to a to a deep playoff run, I think I think it'd be worth it. All right, Martin, again, thank you very much for uh, joining me for, for a little bit and just talking about the trade that went down Friday night. You guys can always follow him on Twitter at Martin J. Gallegos on Twitter, and uh, I'm sure he'll have updates of Tommy when he uh, – you know, suits up for the A's in, in the next couple of days. So, again, uh, thanks for for joining me again uh, second time this year. No problem, man. Anytime. Thank you. And we are back again. Martin Gallegos, beat writer for the Oakland A's. Great insight. Great hearing it from a guy who knows who we're getting. Um, kind of gives us an idea of what we get in return for this. Stella, what do you think about the trade, Dan? Um I, when I heard the trade was happening, I didn't want to jump to the conclusion because it was for a minor league player that I had no idea who that was. So, um, I, I wasn't sure. That's part of the reason why I reached out to him right away to figure out who this kid is. Again, kid, he's 24 years old. Um, and But I, I was happy to know that the reason why Franklin, you know, the A's were willing to trade away wasn't because they felt like he was washed up or they felt like he wasn't able to play. It was more that he was just blocked. He was blocked, you know. Um, you kind of heard in the interview, people thought he can be a spark plug, be a guy that would be kind of like a uh, Jose Altuve. Now, I don't know if he's going to be that, but if, yeah. he's, but if he's somewhere around there where he's a guy that can get you uh, <clears throat> get on base and supply surprising power. Um, and again, 24 years old, I, I like to trade for a guy that, you know, Tommy obviously was a, a fan favorite with the Angels, but the reality was he was going to be a free agent, and I didn't see the Angels really trying to bend over backwards to try to sign him. I, I had a feeling there was going to be like, okay, here, we'll offer you this, and then if he said no or he wanted more, the Angels would be like, okay, thank you, but no thank you. So, Yeah, I mean, I agree, man. Like I mentioned before we led uh, into Martin's uh, interview, with guys on the final year of their contract or they're hitting free agency, you at some point you have to you say, hey, if, if we're in it, if we're like in contention, like we're battling for first place or something like that, then you kind of you kind of ride out with that guy because right, he's exactly. helping the yeah, team. Exactly. But the situation that the Angels are in, they're they're not in it. Obviously, they're they're way back. There is a slim chance, but come on, you got to you kind of kind of you know go with reality here and say, hey, what do we do here? Do we do we make a deal? Or do we ride with Tommy and then he walks away at the end of the year and get nothing for him? So at that point, you just trade him for what you can, whatever you can get, in my opinion. La Stella wasn't going to bring in a key uh, minor and, and, league and pitching and prospect. I think, and I think that's the thing, too, yeah, is he, that if you look at prospects, you look at a, a high-end middle infield prospect and a high-end starting pitching prospect, that you know the starting pitching prospect is worth so much oh, more. Yeah, yeah. Even if they're considered both 
prospects and they're both right. on the same right. level. They're, the pitching prospects would be so much more because they can influence uh, a franchise way more. So, again, we're getting a guy that sees that um, that might be able to help right. down the line. Right. But not only that, maybe he did need just a change of scenery. And another thing that reminded me of, too, just saying lack of at-bats hurt him, his development. And that reminded me a lot of Tommy Lestella when he came over to the Angels. That he was just a D, uh, a pitch hitter, uh, a guy that would play every you know four days or so. So maybe with with Franklin, maybe they put him into a lineup, and now he's able to get more at bats. Now he's able to develop like a Lestella did when he did originally come to Anaheim. And it, it kind of leads you to the Joe Adele situation where Joe Adele's playing every day because of that reason. You got to let these kids develop, and why? And the Angels have the perfect team i guess for these guys to develop well, right, right now. now the situation the situation so like, like, like they're you said in, they're, yeah. they're you know as of right now again we're recording it they're 10 out of the out of first um but they're seven and a half out of the wild card right so can there's that, a slim chance sure with a whole month to play can right. that change absolutely but you know you just you just hope that if it doesn't be able to get these guys up and, and get them playing time to see if they have what you need going forward into 2021 yeah, and in all honesty, guys, let's let's be one hundred percent honest. Lestella was not going to bring in anything more than what he brought in in, in return. Like we right. weren't going to get a starting pitcher for him that was going to make a difference. They weren't going to. I mean, wh- who would you rather well, have? Definitely, uh, they weren't going to get anyone that was MLB ready. No, now and who uh, who would you rather have? Would you rather have them go out and get a you know? I wouldn't even say a minor league prospect, a minor league pitching prospect, because I don't think they would have gotten that for Lacella. But let's just say they pick up a high A pitcher. Would you rather have them pick up that high A pitcher or a guy like Franklin Barreto, who has some upside to him that a lot of people will say this guy all he needs is maybe is a change of scenery. Right. For a guy in Lacella who let's be like we mentioned two years ago or last season, we brought him in out of nowhere. Right. So exactly. I think I think any trade for Lacella. It's a good trade. Yeah. I mean, the same thing, too. You can say the same thing about Lestella. He needed more at-bats. You can say the same thing about Goodwin. All he yeah. did was more at-bats. More at-bats. Um, more playing that, time. More, and maybe that's what it is. And, and I've seen rumors going around, obviously, um, talking about trade deadline stuff. You know, Toronto being interested in Simmons. Mm-hmm. So now, okay, let's just say, let's just play a forward and say, okay, if that happens and um, Toronto gets Simmons in some kind of trade, and but Simmons is the main piece, now you can put Fletcher at short and put Barreto at, a second for the rest of the year, right? And then you're going to have you know a month worth of data and 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 him playing every single day to kind of see where you want to you know where he is going to be for the, with the team. Where before you know everyone wants to bring up his numbers, but you look at his numbers is like how many of those games were like in, on back to back days? Like right. a lot of those games were okay. You play on Tuesday, maybe not play again until Friday. And for a guy that wants to get out there and a young guy that wants to get out there and play. Uh, that can get frustrating, and especially when you have so much success, and you heard in the interview, so much success during spring training. Right. All you want to do out there is get out there and show that you can do it in a regular regular season game. So hopefully, like you mentioned, change of scenery, everyday playing time, um, can show that this kid can be you know uh, another important part of this team, or hell, even maybe even flip him again. I mean, you're adding depth to maybe trade away some depth. Now maybe uh, Simmons is gone. Maybe now you can look to trade other infielder yeah. types just so you can um you know you know work that part into another trade for the pitcher so again i feel like this is more of like a domino piece yeah, falling no than, than that's than the, it, yeah like, it's not a like a centerpiece trade or anything like that i think like you said dude this is this is something that that's going to lead to something else i i think you know like you said if simmons gets traded and they pick up whatever, whatever. To me, whoever they pick up, it doesn't. To me, it doesn't really matter. I think what that does is that opens up the gates for the Angels to spend a little more money because now you're not spending the money on signing Simmons. And sure, it's not going to be a huge deal, but you got a little money, a little more money here and there. It opens up, you know, spots on the roster, the forty man right. stuff like that, where they can make moves. So only time will tell there. So yeah, good stuff. I thought it was a good trade. Um, it is what it is. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back from the break, we're going to have everyone's favorite segment of the show, The Curator's Chronicles, and uh, we'll finish up with the emails and the questions. So, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the other side of this break. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. 
Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Oh, those are the screams I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Oh, yeah, thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks here into multiple peaks here, cream of the crop. Man, start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. Oh, yeah. Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce painful nicks and tugs. Yeah, those nicks and tugs are gone. This is their third-generation trimmer featuring advanced skin-safe technology. Oh, yeah. Technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. Yeah, nice and smooth. Yeah, that's right. And Manscaped engineering team obsess over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. They spend 18 months, yeah, 18 months perfecting that great ball hair trimmer ever created. The just released new and improved lawnmower 3.0, yeah, the cream of the crop, yeah, too sweet to be sour, yeah. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last you 90 minutes so you can take longer shave. And that water-resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower, too. Oh, yeah, in the shower after that, after that long match. Uh-huh, yeah. One of the coolest features is LED light that illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. So many people have written in stories about the Lawnmower 3.0 and have sent your man here, yeah. Sent them pictures so I could see the smoothness for myself. And I'll tell you something, man, that ain't kidding, they ain't kidding. It's the cream of the crop, yeah, oh, God, oh, yeah. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off when you use armchair at manscaped.com. Oh, yeah. There's no shortage of action going on with our partner over at betonline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer all have resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NBA, NFL, UFC live every day for our devoted gamblers, and check it out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. That's BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Let's go! It's a beautiful day for a ball game. Hey, it's the Curator back for another edition of the Curator's Chronicles. Sorry I wasn't here last Wednesday. I was triple booked. I know. That sounds crazy. Um, yeah, I had a couple other gigs going on at the exact same time. It was crazy. Um, You're in demand, bro. You're back. Yeah, You're in I don't demand. Know. They were all uh, n- you know, non-paid events, so I don't <laughs> know how in demand I am. Um Today I bring you again, uh, the curator um, always brings the memorabilia, and so today I want to share uh, a piece of memorabilia that I came up during the COVID season. Um, it's actually kind of a strange piece of memorabilia. Uh, John and Daniel have all seen it, but if you're watching on Facebook Live, I'm going to be showing it to you. Um, kind of kind of a, a different kind of niche. Um, a lot of times we're collecting stuff that the players had, but you know there are a few people out there that like to collect other things, uh, like our friend Tom. You know some of the more obscure things. So this actually comes from a Angels trainer. It's actually a bag, a full size equipment bag from an Angels trainer from the 1960s, the early years of the franchise when they were still the Los Angeles Angels. Um, but the bag's pretty cool. 
Um, we did some research, and the head trainer back in the day, his name was Freddy Frederico. There's some cool photos online if you look at some Google images of um, him actually um, like rubbing down Rick Reinhardt's arm and like putting ice okay, on was, him and all sorts of stuff. That was weird if I first said that. we were going weird, huh? <laughs> Whoa. All right. Get your mind out of the gutter. All right. <laughs> so um, – so we, uh, John and I authenticated it. I mean, I think that's good enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we're gotta good. be his. Yeah. Um, we're saying it would, is. Would but you... we think about it like, um, the team, you know, carrying, you know, maybe like 30 <laughs> players back in the day on their, on their, you know, big, you know, roster. And so they all had bags, but there's only one trainer. Right. That's a good so point. I think it's more and, rare. And we narrowed it down to Freddie Frederico because the Angels, remember, they were only the Los Angeles Angels from 61 to 65. So. Los Angeles, it's clearly says Los Angeles Angels trainer on there. Right. Freddie Federico is a trainer until, you know, I think well into the California days. Well, the funny part is you guys talk about you guys authenticating it. You guys should come out with your own little sticker uh, hologram oh. to start sticking stuff. Yeah, we have a letterhead coming out. <laughs> there you um, go. Pretty time, sometime soon, and then we'll emboss it for you. Yeah. We'll, we'll slap a little hologram You see on that it. HH on there? It's legit. CNJ yeah, approved. It, <laughs> we're, the, we're the new PSA DNA. Yeah. Uh, uh, HH10. Yeah. Yeah. So just thinking about where this bag traveled, did it travel across all the U.S. to the, all the old ballparks? Just things like that always make me think. Um, you know, for sure it was out there at old um, Chavez Ravine. Well, no, check this out. Okay, 1961. Okay, that's a that's a pretty famous year because that's the year the home run record got broken, the single season home run record. True. Maybe that bag was laying on the dirt at Yankee Stadium during that season. Maybe Roger Maris might have even stepped on it because he was running some sprints right next to the Angels. Who knows? Yeah, think about stuff like that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but I say it's kind of crazy. Everything you have, um, especially something that old, has a story behind it. And it's just, it'd be cool to figure out exactly how or what the story is behind it. But it's also fun to just kind of like, well, what if this was there? What if that right. was there? And how did that end up in the hands of the curator so many years later? Like, how did it get. You can from, watch it go from from one thing yeah. to another place to another place because obviously it's probably past. What? How many hands? I just I'm saying. Do you, how has it gone through since you know sixty one? Yeah. Oh, well, cool, cool stuff there, man. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Let's go for another edition of the. are back thank you to the curator for another edition of the curator's chronicles everyone's favorite segment he's off of it and then people are like clamoring on our emails like what the hell where did he go Chris, where is he Chris he's gone again what's going what's happening yeah, i'm not buying all that i haven't seen any of that we'll have oh, to we'll, 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 we'll uh i'll screenshot the next well we haven't got him recently because you've been on yeah. but next time you go off for like a yeah. month or so we'll have to screenshot it all the time they wouldn't care they'd be like oh, that guy i don't know man that guy i don't know, you know. Anyway, speaking about emails, we do have a couple that you that came through. We got our some email. from from last week because we did, like you mentioned, right. in the podcast we didn't do, but and we also right. have some new ones. But this one was interesting, and we got this one um, from Ruben uh, Rosa Rosas, uh, um, and this is a kind of an out of box question, but I I, uh, I kind of like it. I don't know how familiar you are with soccer, yeah, a little bit, so you yeah. kind of get the general idea where this is coming from. So how would you guys feel about the MLB creating a system where teams can loan players at the trade deadline? It would be like other trades, only the, only the players, if he's under control, returns to the team at the end of the year. Rebuilds would occur a, a lot quicker. Uh, thoughts? This was an, an article written about uh, – there was an article written about this a few years back, and I just uh, imagine how many prospects Mike Trout will, could have brought us in if he had if we had a loan system. I don't like it uh, because I feel like when you win a World Series with the team, you battle through that whole season. I know sometimes guys are like rentals where you they trade for them at the end of the year, but then they're free agents after they can go. They don't go back to the team they were with. You know, right. I, I, I'm I'm kind of a I don't know old fashioned when it comes. I would consider myself a I'm not so old fashioned where I don't like new rules because I, I consider the new rules. I, I I'm not totally against everything like that, but. This is where I'm a little more old school. I'm like, dude, you know, I don't know about being on a team, coming, playing, winning a championship or helping a team win and then going back to that team. Like, there's got to be some kind of, you know, and I know it's not his decision, that player's decision, but it would feel weird for me to be, you know, let's say a, I don't know. Uh, let's say I'm a, I'm a Yankee 
and then I get traded to the Red Sox. You know, I don't know. They probably wouldn't trade him to there. But let's just say, for instance, you got a lot of pride in the team that you wear. You obviously signed a contract to play there. You want to play there the rest of your career. Let's say Mike Trout signed a contract to play with the Angels the rest of his career, and then he's going to get traded for two months to another team. But then you're going to go back. So, you know, <laughs> go go back to their good graces. You know, I don't know. I don't like that so much. Um, and I know that's how – I was going to say football, football, soccer – works but that's they, their soccer's weird like that man they have they do those those little trades like that and you know loan them for eight months stuff like i they're just weird and baseball to me just i don't know i i don't well, like I, it i think it's but it's whatever. different too because okay if, and obviously this is a total soccer idea but when soccer loans out players you know and i'm not a huge soccer guy i, I kind of follow it enough to kind of know what's going on but I don't think they loan, like if you're in the European League, you're not going to loan your dude to another European team that you might play later on. No, you ended up to, you're, you're loaning to them another, out to, you know, another right. league in general where you right. won't play them. You'll, exactly. So that, and for that for that fact, yeah, that's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard. Weird. It's, it's hard. It would be hard to do. I kind of like the idea because it would be kind of interesting to see, hey, we'll give, like, what could Trout get you, you know, if it's a normal year, you you would get Trout at the trade deadline for what, like two months? Yeah, yeah, about two months plus playoffs. Yeah, uh-huh. I wonder what would he get back, knowing that a it's just a rental, but it's the best player in baseball. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has a point. You would be able to do like a rebuild a lot quicker because you would be able to bring yeah, you bring in these high quality guys. It, it's, it's definitely interesting, I, and that's why I found it really interesting when that when that email popped up. It is. It's a it, it's it's a out, out of the box, box thought. And yeah. but, but but and that's that's exactly what his subject was out of the box question. Okay. But I mean, it, it makes it interesting. Like, huh? I wonder what would happen. But yeah, I just. Between got to play these guys all the between, time. Between having to play that yeah. team probably, you know, another couple of weeks, and also to the financial liabilities. There's so much financial uh, insurance you would have to give. Like, okay, let's say the the Angels in this weird scenario traded or loaned, quote unquote, loaned Trout to, um, let's just say an NL team, so you don't worry about it as much. Let's say he loaned him out to the Mets. Uh, the Mets. Now, if Trout gets hurt, you know. 20 games into the loan, what's the financial compensation? Oh, what's, yeah. what's, you know, oh. if he's out for a significant part of time, now do the Angels have to give back a prospect in that right. that loan transaction? So there's a lot of stuff that would have to come with it. But I right. mean, it's a cool idea to kind of think about what could have be, kind of what could be. But yeah, it's, it's just. It's just tough with baseball, too, because imagine a pitcher. You're training a pitcher, you do, you, you loan a pitcher. Uh, you kind of want, you know, if you're the loner team, the team that's getting him on the loan, you don't care if he's out there throwing 100 right. plus pitches. Yeah, you're going to overwork right. him. Right, but if you're like, I'm not going to have him next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. If you're the right. Ma- if you're, you're the right. Mets and you trade a Syndergaard to the Angels for a run there, and Angels are like, screw this, you're pitching every inning. You're on 120. Yeah, <laughs> every like, inning. You know, as as a team that <laughs> has game. that contract, right? You're probably like, dude, what the heck are you doing? And there's no control. They'd have to set some very strict rules, and I just, just don't think it would work. Plus, soccer is weird like that. They're just real weird like that. So. Um, I'm not up for for that at all. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think it would work, but it's kind of interesting to talk about. Um, next question from Steve At Stephen Atwood. Hey guys, three in a row, longest winning streak of the season. Baby steps. However, I like. Uh, however, like you guys mentioned in previous podcasts, a slow start would be the team's downfall. Even if they were able to catch a hot streak, what really are the chances of this team getting into the playoff mix? Slim to none, if you ask me. I think that's about right. No, he, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're. I, I consider where the Angels are right now the uh, dumb and dumber effect where you're telling me there's a chance. Right, yeah. You know what there's I mean? There's always an outside there's, chance. There's but... that outside chance, but Where's that sound bite? I know. Huh? I should have pulled it oh, up. That, you're the producer oh, now, though. Oh, no. Oh, but you don't, no, you don't have the soundboard. You don't no, do the soundboard. Yeah, he's, 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 he's audio. He's audio. No, you're audio. That, he's visual. And then you said it. You're well, visual. Uh, yeah, I should have. My bad. Yeah. You're visual. But anyway... <laughs> But anyway, we don't see, we don't script it. See, if I we, we scripted maybe, it, you maybe I'll it. download it for next yeah. next podcast. So, so every single time we win a game, a chance. every time we win a game, I'll play it after we win a game because it's go. going up the, the right direction. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean they have a chance, but like who was who sent it? In? Who was that? Uh, Steve. 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 Yeah. Like Steve said, uh, slim to none, and it's more none than slim, in my opinion. <laughs> um, anything can happen, right? But, yeah, you're right. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, the team that we have is not, you know, if we had better pitching, then I would probably lean towards more like a little being, being a little more optimistic, but no. 
Can you get that sound bite? Hey, it could happen. Oh, see? Oh, okay. I can. can you, JP all you action. guys just start throwing these little sound bites. I can pull it up. I JP can do it. action. JP action. No, yeah. Yeah, none. I'm not. I mean, very slim to none on, on my side, man. I just yeah. don't see them really making a push. Yeah. So yeah, it's just you know they're going to have to get on a more than just a three game. If we're having the same conversation next week, and it's because they've gone mm-hmm. on a long streak, then it's like, oh, we might have a shot. But you know, we'll see how this game goes again. Uh, Sunday's game is zero zero right now, pretty late into the game, but. Um, we'll see how it goes going forward, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a tough road for the Angels. Next question from Daryl Roberts: What do you guys think about the possible trade of Dylan Bundy? Whew. Um, they'd have to they'd have to get uh, pitching in return for this one, even if yeah. it's like minor league pitching. Uh, obviously, that's what he would bring in. He wouldn't bring in anybody of like high high notice or someone that we know. But um, I like controllable pitching. Yeah, I like the fact that. We still have him for one more year, obviously arbitration, but he's still under team control next season. So it's not like he's walking away at the end of this year. Right. So if that was the deal where he's a free agent at the end of this year and he's walking away, then you, then you really strongly do consider the trade more than you would now. now yeah. uh, but I like the fact that if next year the Angels are really into going out and getting a frontline starting pitcher, then you add Bundy to the mix, you add Otani to the mix. That's a better combination than letting him go and then starting from scratch. Yeah, I just, I just unless the offer is going to blow you away, right. because I don't understand how a team who needs pitching, controllable pitching, controllable too. pitching is going to trade away probably probably their best pitcher this year at right. least going to trade away that pitcher who has control left so unless it blows you away i don't necessarily see bundy going anywhere but again it depends on what the offers are but another uh rumors going around right now as we watch this game or or before this game started was um jason castro scratched from the beginning of this game because of possible uh trade with san diego nothing is official yet but reports have come out since the beginning of the game saying that san diego is the front runner for um, Jason Castro and they do have a, a, a quite a bit of good young pitching prospects. Obviously, you're not going to get like the um, top end guys, no, like but... a Mason uh, uh, McKenzie Gore or anything like that. But you know, there probably are guys in their Double A system that are going to be probably pretty good. And maybe that's something where you get for Castro. Simmons has been uh, linked in, and trade rumors to, to the uh, Blue Jays. So you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the next, you know, a day or so. We'll, we'll figure that out, you know, and obviously Wednesday, when we come back Wednesday, um, all that should be done and we can go into every single move that was or wasn't made. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, the Angels um, probably looking to get something, especially in return for guys who are at the back end or last year of their contract. Simba makes sense. Castro makes sense. One year, guys who are just done after this year. The the comments on the interwebs are saying that um, straight up for Machado, ha, who, <laughs> the the uh, a commenter on the interweb, <laughs> a, a comment a commenter that yeah because you know that's the same guy who wanted to trade you know they wanted Kershaw for you know Eric Ibar or, you know what I mean like you know the Angels should have traded Lacella for Noah Syndergaard right so yeah um as we're speaking too there was an injury to Fletcher earlier in the in the uh, game so. We'll see. I mean, uh, this season, again, it's 2020. What else? I mean, how bad, how worse can it get? <laughs> Can't get any worse, right? I don't think. You would think. Don't right, you don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> you never know. Did you guys feel that earthquake this morning? Oh, God. Was no. that sign? Yeah, I did feel it. I didn't yeah. feel anything. There's a sign the thing to come for the angels? I didn't feel it. I was out, dude. I live on, and I sleep on the second story of a house, so I definitely didn't feel it. Do you have that audio clip, uh, Debbie Downer from SNL? Oh, Debbie Downer. Yeah, yeah. Now you guys come up with all the clips and all this stuff you guys want. You guys want to give, give me any heads up. I'm going to start uh, adding shit in the post. Just add it. Just yeah. Oh, yeah, just add it in post. Erase what we're saying right now and then just add it in. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I think that's the last email. That was right? the last email. Yeah, yep. again, you guys can email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. Facebook, Halo Haven, like page, fan page, Halo Haven. Uh, not to be mistaken for other websites, but yeah, we try to do our best to answer all your questions on the, you know, if you DM us and stuff like that. Uh, but definitely on allangelspodcast at gmail.com is where you can get the actual, your your question answered. 
Yeah, definitely. So um, before we go, a quick update on our strikeout count for the Angels coming into Sunday. Sunday's game, the Angels are at 281. All right, so after today, we'll have an updated count, and then we'll post it up on our Instagram and our Twitter. Um, that way we can kind of just get the ball rolling on um, – let everyone know where we're at, and if you guys want to donate, you can always DM us or send us an email at allangelspodcast at gmail.com, and we would be glad to add whatever donation you want to our pot, or if not, just go to um, tigerskaggsfoundation.org and make a donation there or buy some of their merch, and it goes to the Tiger Skaggs Foundation to help the inner city, so keeping Tiger's name alive. Absolutely. Yep. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here today on this edition of the All Angels Podcast. We'll be back with you guys on Wednesday to kind of finish up uh, whatever, you know, this series and then heading into San Diego and Houston. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for us here. I am Johnny Maggs. I'm Dan Garcia. And he is Chris Security Johnson. And you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.